I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. The podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we watched the insane, crazy, everything, everywhere, all at once. The new movie starring Michelle Yeoh and directed by the Daniels out now in theaters. We talk all things multiverse and about why these stories are speaking to our current cultural moment. It's a great movie and I think a fun conversation. We're going to cut to that already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. Okay, I was gonna, I was going to say this is like a special I was thinking it was a special episode because this is a movie that we both saw in movie theaters, but then I realized we just did this for the Batman. Oh yeah. So it's not special. <laughs> Which no I mean, reason I guess, to listen. <laughs> I I'm just saying I guess we're we are finally getting to that place where uh one movies are in theaters and we have to go to see some of them and there are some good movies in movie theaters. Yeah. That's well, we should kick off by saying we've been off our game a little bit with our consistency. Um, we were just very affected by the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Amy Schumer. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. She apparently she was traumatized. Uh, yeah, so uh, our rhythm has just been off. And you started a new job, which can congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we have baby number two on the way. You guys just got a newborn in the house, fostering a newborn. Lots, mm. a lot of life coming up quick, coming at us fast. So we apologize for the uh, the consistency not being there. But we're back. Here we are. And, uh, and go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, you say your thing first. No, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, our, our chemistry's off as well. Um, and I think we were having a hard time finding a movie. Like, Oscar season, we just had movie after movie that made sense to cover, and now we're in a bit of totally. a drought. Totally. I, it, it, it is that weird season of not as much good stuff that's out there, not as much stuff that we want to talk about. And I happened to see this last weekend just on my own we weren't planning on doing it because you yeah, didn't know like, when you were going to be able to see this <laughs> yeah because it, it's even the stuff that we might want to talk about yeah it's stuff that we'd have to go see in a theater yeah which depending on where we live which yeah and reading this movie everything everywhere all at once just started showing today yeah from when we were recording this but for the for the world, it's been out for a couple weeks, right? It it went wide release last week, but it's it's oh, been, okay. It's, so I'm not too late to the game. No, uh, but it has been out since in Select City since March 25th, I think. Okay, so uh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah it's not, not terrible bad for reading. <clears throat> um, and it yeah, but again, I mean, I just happened to go see this, and then it came to Reading and you thought okay well I can, I can go see it and we can do an episode so here we are doing everything everywhere all at once which every time I go to say that title I think I'm going to get it wrong <laughs> it's tough I'm like everything 
I know. No, even I, when yeah, I try to mess it up, I, I know. Get it wrong. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the title it's might be one. my least favorite part of the movie. Um, yeah, I mean the title and the premise and the movie poster. You know, I was getting lots of headaches last week. Oh, and sure. I think I kept seeing that pop up, and I'm like, that's the exact opposite of what I want. Like, <clears throat> if we watched. Uh, you know, Criterion will recommend, like, nightly viewing on their Instagram. Yeah. And it was, like, a... Uh, what happened was, was the title, and it's just two people in an apartment on a date. <laughs> and it's in real time, like, hour yeah. and a half. I'm like, this is my type of movie. <laughs> I can... <laughs> this is palatable. And so, yeah, when I was just... Last week, like, had a bunch of work stuff and things going on every day. I saw the movie poster where it's, like, like multiverse... Stuff. And the uh, that's the other thing, the premise. I, I'm not typically drawn to the multi, <laughs> multiverse stuff. So I was like already cashing out. But it is also the film of, of the disc of the movie Discourse oh, right yeah. now. And and I I'm kind of with you in that I had a well, I didn't know anything about the movie going in, mm-hmm. but I I think I have a fair amount of like skepticism say about the the multiversal using the multiverse as a plot um, device I guess okay riddle me this yeah the multiverse yeah so uh, like like people are I feel like are using this as like common language the past couple years yeah as like just a thing that now we all talk about and know about regularly yeah is this it's like outside of comic book movies, is this a very common like idea or like why is this kind of coming out of coming out of the woodwork the past few years? Because, yeah, other than me association associating it with Marvel movies like the multiverse, I mean, it's also like kind of in tandem with like if you searched, uh, you know, how often a phrase is Googled. Yeah. You know, the, the rates yeah. of that. I feel like yeah. multiverse and metaverse are on sure. a similar trajectory. Sure. So I tend to, like, combine them in my head. Sure. But, like, what, what is, I, what is I mean, this, like, I've, you know, rising fascination with it? I, I, I think I think the Marvel piece of that definitely has something to do with it. There's a popularization of it. But it's also not, like, I, I think I remember, probably remember hearing about just, like, a pretty thoughtful conversations about the multiverse like in in kind of you know podcasts you know stuff like radio lab i don't know if radio lab for example but for probably the last five or six years um Hmm. as a just a kind of a topic of scientific discourse i think a lot of that has emerged too with the just a theory a rise a theory with rising interest and yes and becoming more um talked about at a lay level um, right, as and, like a possibility. Yes, and I think I think that's also emerged in tandem with a lot of the kind of popularization of the are we living in a simulation theory, right? Because part of right, part of right. that part of the we're in a simulation theory is core to that is the multiverse idea that you know that there's there's just thousands of these running and right, you know, right. And I, I don't know if these movies are multiverse movies, but like stuff like Free Guy yeah. or Space Jam 2 or uh, even like Lego movie. I, yeah. I don't know if those are multiverses, but they feel like it maybe. Yeah, there is a manic energy to those. That... Yes, which 
this one also communicated yeah. to you in the marketing. Yes. That, that, you know, and as we talked about a couple episodes ago, or maybe last episode of like, even just watching the Doctor Strange trailer. Oh, game man, yeah, I know. Aneurysm. Well, and that's what I, I want to talk about that. Um, but I was going to say, I think, I think this has kind of emerged as the, the, the sci-fi thing, you know, where 30 years ago it was time travel movies, right? And, right. And so, I mean, these kinds, these things. Or like how zombie kind of, movies were it yeah. in like the first or, yeah. 10 years of the 2000s. Yeah. And so I think these things come in waves and uh, I, I would be curious about a conversation of like what culturally is happening right now that makes us kind of uh, <laughs> interested in multiversal stories, right? Um, right. I think there's a lot of, yeah, I, I, I mean, but here we are. I mean, this is definitely in in the kind of spirit of the times and um, – and and I'm so fascinated too because I I actually love the way they handle the multiverse in this movie. I don't know. Do you want to do you want to give us a quick plot synopsis before I well kind even of go just on? even just what you're saying about like why culturally we're interested in this? Have, did you see that Atlantic article that's going around right now? No. It's called Why the Past 10 Years of American Life Have Been Uniquely Stupid. Yeah. Okay, I saw the title of that article. I didn't read it. Yeah. But, like, a lot of it is, like, babble stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and like why how social media has, like, fragmented mm. people's yeah. realities. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. It's like, yeah. And, like, I think Social Dilemma, that documentary yeah. that came out last year, kind of yeah. touched on that. But this article goes more in-depth even than that doc feels like. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people and friends have posted this article saying, please, oh my God, read. Yeah. Um, as an explanation for why things feel like they're getting crazier and, and more like, or even, you know, I feel like the slap, the the Oscar slap is yeah. like a great example of yeah. this, of an event happens that you would think would be like obvious what the reaction would be to it. And then you hop online and you see every different strongly held reaction under the sun. But not it's just, really hard to fathom. Not just that there were different reactions, because I think that's to be expected, but how sure. unimaginably, unimaginably quickly those different reactions emerged. I mean, within... And, and, and started a battle. Yes. Within minutes, it was... Right. We've identified this about her and this about him and this about the other guy and, like... This is their history, and here are the clips, and it's like, what? Do your research. <laughs> I mean, the Oscars are still going. Will hasn't won Best Actor yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's why? Like, yeah. So that fragmenting of, I go online. I'm like, how could you possibly think this? Oh yeah. Like, how is this possibly the reality that you live in, and this is the reality I live in? As a as a as an enneagram nine, Mitchell, do you find yourself constantly just swayed by whatever the last tweet you read was? No, no. <laughs> For some reason, on on Twitter, I'm very. <laughs> I I, I uh, uh, embrace my my wing eight on Twitter. <laughs> see see. For me, as a as a nine on Twitter, I actually think it's the the opposite reaction of I am 
constantly trying to find the contrary opinion to whatever the last thing I read was. <laughs> oh, I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's things I agree with, I'm like, well, this cannot be because it's here. This the only opinion place. I can get behind is someone knocking down whatever like bull emboldened <laughs> statement is being said, even if I agree with it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that being said, I like culturally, like even you just asking that question of yeah. why are we interested in the multiverse right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, I think is a good question, yeah. but the synopsis you were asking. Yeah. Am I a good person? To this? I don't know that I am. You're the one, you saw it today. I saw it a week ago, which feels like I saw an eternity. it today. Yeah, I, I, and this this definitely feels like one of those um, very much rewarding second viewing. Oh yeah, um, like like a lot of movie people that we follow have said that the first, the second one was the one that won them over. I know a lot of people just loved it immediately, but I think I I would really benefit from a second viewing just because the first one you're you're really trying to figure out, okay, how does this world work? Yes, you know. And, like, you do, but, like, at that point, it's halfway through the movie, and you can't just, like, enjoy that first half. Can I give, like, a really kind of concrete example of how that worked itself out for me? So the the Rakukui, is that what they called him? (laughs) The the Raccoon Ratatouille multiverse, okay? Right. (laughs) Which Which you know is a movie that they almost made. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) As a Swiss Army Man sequel or something. So when when there's like confusion over the plot of Ratatouille early in the film, it's like, okay, that's funny. And right. then when she verse jumps to the Rakukui multiverse universe in which it's not right. actually a movie, but the plot of the movie is the reality. Right. I was kind of like, ugh. And I had this like kind of I don't know, almost like negative backlash reaction to it of, mm-hmm. okay, it's a callback and there's a joke here. But then as they just committed to the bit and it became <laughs> like a very central, like core part <laughs> of the, like, this is one of the four most impo- important multiverses in this movie. I was like, yes, as much Rakukui as we can get. You're like, all right. <laughs> but, but I think going back i'm gonna be a lot more excited about the first half of those pieces knowing how well all of it lands together i think that's one of the most impressive things to me about the movie right yeah and i i I didn't know much about it going into it other than the multiverse part of it and so i had this weird moment in the theater where i'm like are they ever gonna leave this building this irs building because it feels like we've been here for a long time and i know this is a multiverse movie so isn't there more of an adventure to go on but premise yeah uh Uh, premise we've got our our lead character is kind of this older middle-aged chinese immigrant played by michelle yo named evelyn and she who Michelle Yeoh, amazing legend. Amazing. I didn't know, but oh, I didn't yeah. know. I, I looked it up after. Yeah, she's an absolute kung fu movie legend. Yes, like I know her from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Also, she was in a James, a Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie, which I have not seen, by the way. Crouching well, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's so. And I now it's need so to. good. Crouching Tiger is honestly a, a, a 
a classic masterpiece. Well, uh, I was watching clips of her in it, and I'm like, oh, oh I need to see this immediately. Yes. yes. And that's what uh, that's what really won me over about Shang Chi last year was that she's in it, and oh, she they do a lot of the wire work kung fu stuff that it, that she Gosh. like originated in Crouching Tiger, in Shang Chi. Uh, it's crazy. I was watching her in an interview with her talking about some of the stunts she did with like Jackie Chan and. You know what, and it's like, oh, she was doing like death proof stuff, yeah, like jumping onto cars and falling off of them while they're going yes. how many miles an hour. I'm like, oh, dude, she is, yeah, she's just a legend. Amazing, and amazing. Like, uh, it's that thing where, it okay, qu- quick anecdote. Yeah, we watched the shop around the corner tonight, which is J- Jimmy Stewart from the '40s, really pleasant Turner classic movie vibe, and. Uh, You've Got Mail was directly inspired slash kind of adapted from that. Sure. And uh, The Shop Around the Corner was adapted from like a French novel or something. But then I'm seeing the like moments of You've Got Mail that are kind of lifted from The Shop Around the Corner. Yeah. And then you're like, man, even in something like You've Got Mail, the amount of movie history going on. Yeah. And, And, you know, even the through line of like Tom Hanks famously has been like, or maybe not famously, but I feel like I've heard the comparison to Jimmy Stewart, like yes. this generation Jimmy Stewart, yeah. of like leading man, crazy likable, genuinely good guy, doesn't eat babies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but like the movie history, like packed into even this '90s rom com or early 2000s rom com that you wouldn't expect. And so then on, you know, watching a movie like Everything Everywhere, and you're like, man. What don't I know that oh, they're uh, referencing and yes. alluding to, and that's like fulfilling the text even more? You know. I, yes. Okay. So put a pin in that because I want to talk about that. And and so far in the synopsis, I've read you the name of the lead actress, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, truly the multiverse. And speaking of everything you've just said, uh, her husband Waymond is played by Ki Wei Kwan, who is himself like this kind of icon of 80s movies because he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark or I'm, I'm sorry Temple of Doom he was in The Goonies uh, he was the kid yes he's short round from oh my Temple God. of Doom and he basically <laughs> dropped off the map and didn't act for 25 years that's and insane because he's great in this. Because he's so good in this. <laughs> um, he, he's the heart of the movie. He like basically hadn't acted. He'd been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, a lot of martial arts uh, stunt work and stunt coordinating. and Wow. Uh, just in, in kind of Hong Kong cinema and, and elsewhere. and But hadn't been acting because he was like this child actor and like kind of strangely and prob- maybe problematically used in some of those movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he disappears. So now he's getting his due. And they, they bring him back. Like, I, I listened to an interview with, with the Daniels and they kind of had written this part and they were interested in him. And they, but they didn't know if he was even still acting. And they find out that he's doing martial arts stuff behind the scenes. And they're, they're like, like per- perfect. perfect. And they bring him in. But that is to, to even cast that man in this role is such a... Uh, right. Uh, 
such a choice. It's such a specific choice in playing off the iconography of him in those movies. Uh, yeah. From from that era, I think a lot of this movie is interesting. I, I it's weird to say that it's interested in like eighties and nineties movies and eighties even more particular because I don't feel that. No, it not at all. It doesn't feel like a feel stranger thing. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, like yeah. Um, but Which you the can, nostalgia is very obvious with something like Stranger Things. Yes, yes. Where's that? Yeah, obvious okay. to me here. That's a good way of putting it. I feel like this is not playing off of nostalgia as much as it's no. interested in um, in other pieces of those kind of through lines of movie history and culture. Yeah, the, the multiverse of a movie history. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say multiverse to explain anything. <laughs> so Evelyn, Evelyn, and her husband they they uh, are Chinese immigrants. And they run a laundromat, and it's kind of this failing, sad business. And they have mm-hmm. an adult daughter, and uh, their marriage on the rocks. Oh yeah, Waymond is uh, is filing for divorce, and they're being audited by the IRS. And their auditor is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who is just <laughs> also, but also Jamie Lee Curtis, right? This icon of 80s cinema. Uh, right. And the scream queen is indeed <laughs> screaming this horrific oh, monster. <laughs> I was like, that is Halloween costume. <laughs> yes, yes. You you get Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie, and it's again a choice. And she's amazing. She's she crushes <laughs> in- uh, genuinely the scariest. Like movie character, the oh past. My I don't even know how many the, years. The the <laughs> like props to the makeup department for getting the crumbs on her face and outfit just right as she's like messily eating food at her desk at the IRS. Her gut building. is just like <laughs> pushing the bounds. Oh uh, but like in a very uh, like obvious like yes yes yes. I'm not be, just being a monster over here. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and she's being audited. And during during a meeting at the IRS building, uh, someone from one of the other multiverses breaks through. And, and, and it's, a, it's a different Waymond. It's so, one of her husbands from a different universe. Breaks through t- and and basically says to Evelyn, "You are our only hope of saving the multiverse." And, Help me, Obi Wan. Yeah, and and she, you know, is then drawn into this insane, you know, adventure, right? And right, and I say adventure, but like most of the movie still takes place in the IRS building, <laughs> right? <laughs> kept waiting. I was like, leave. <laughs> Not that the IRS building isn't a ton of fun. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, I was getting stressed out. Um, and and so that's the movie, right? And oh, the kind kind of the way that there's they, this great brewing chaos evil yeah. that is like taking over all of the ver- multiverses. Yes, and uh, she's been tasked with stopping it. She's the only one that can stop it. Yes, and and. The idea is that in the multiverse where they they learned how to verse jump, you know this 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 her daughter basically um, is you know learns how to you know kind of overdoes it on the multiverse jumping and well in one of the multiverses, Evelyn is like a genius who discovers yes, how to jump verses, <clears throat> t- tests it out on her daughter yeah. and then. 
pushes her too hard and her her subconscious is fragmented. Yeah. And now she's living all of the multiverses at once. Yes. And, and in that she realizes that uh, you know, chaos rules and everything's meaningless basically. Yeah, it's this kind of uh, would you say it's kind of this nihilistic approach that that worldview that she adopts. Uh, yeah. And we're all going to die like yeah. <clears throat> and, and if um if something is insignificant as sneezing funny in this very second right here yeah. changes the course of the future then you know what's the point of yeah of trying yes basically yeah so the um uh, the the daughter the, the her villain name is jobu tupaki but uh <laughs> I her she's named her name is Joy, um, which right. and that's like this kind of great irony of that character is this is the the character that represents in so many ways just existential dread and nihilism, um, right? And her name is Joy. Um, you know she kind of is then I guess I mean what emerges as her plot is not actually to subsume all the multiverses but actually just to create something that can destroy herself because she doesn't want to go on. Right. That's kind of where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, which was refreshing. It wasn't a superhero villain, destroy the universe, destroy the galaxy. It was, I'm going to destroy myself. And, and Evelyn then is tasked with stopping her. It's kind of, you know, this thing. And, and the way that Evelyn um, does this is it's, it's similar to the matrix in that they, you know, uh, connect with their consciousness in another multiverse and then are mm-hmm. able to um, ad- uh, adopt the uh, skills or abilities or talents of that person in, in a multiverse and then use, yeah, them, use them in, in this verse. In, in this one, right? right. Kind Did of. I kind of get it right? Yeah. See, this is what I was a little confused about. Some of the jumping stuff, like... The difference between what the headphone thing was doing versus like how her husband was able to jump in without it. Yes. You know, or she was able to jump in without it later. Yeah. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> exactly. Like the more the more I was like, wait. <laughs> like before they had she had to be on like the, the telecom with the people figuring out like do gymnast, like learn yes. that skill. Yes. And then she doesn't have to do that because they died. I think think what ends up happening is she does it without the guide and it becomes this more volatile dangerous thing and she doesn't it's oh. not it's like a i i don't know what i'm gonna get kind of thing gotcha and which is why like the hot dog finger verse shows up right <laughs> because she's you know it's like <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but the thing that the daniels do which i think which i found to to me this was probably my favorite part of the movie which was every time Evelyn is verse jumping, you get this tiny glimpse of, of another one of these multiverses. Right. And I think like in a different movie, it's, oh, you, you may, you maybe see a flash of it, but it, they're very insignificant because that's not a part of our story. Our story is this universe and this character. This one maybe dipping their toes, you know, yeah. in other ones. Yeah. But it's actually, in this movie, it's no, they're all kind of the story. They're all the story, and yeah. they all it's almost like they use the multiverse as a plot device in order to stitch together a bunch of these little short film short stories, right? And 
and I think I listened to this is like the rare director interviews where maybe don't listen to interviews with these guys because it made me almost like the movie less. Uh, They're very like, aren't we goofy the whole time? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. it's it, there's a there. It is refreshing to know that this was not like this perfectly crafted thing that they you know designed you know on paper before ever shooting a scene. I, I think a lot of it was done improvisationally. But I listened to an interview with them, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not really movie fans. We're not like big cinephiles. You know, we're really into mm-hmm. video games." And I was like. That's nonsense because they're so clearly cinephiles <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't say that. Like it, it, it's like, it feels like this weird, almost like the backlash to the backlash hipster contrarianism well, of that's the thing. They've been on Twitter, like actively kind yeah, of, yes. Also like, that too. De- denouncing their own movie, <laughs> denouncing the hype of their own movie. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, like whenever someone's like, "This is the best movie to come out yeah. in ten years," they're like, "No, it's not." Yeah, and it's like it, it is a okay. weird. It it was like charming to me a month ago, and now I'm like, guys, just be really thankful for the way yeah. your movie's being received. The extremely good reaction. Oh my gosh. Um, but but to me, you know, it's these it's these little these little vignette pieces, and and that was when I really turned into really loving the movie a lot was when I realized how seriously they were handling those vignettes that it was not a means to give Evelyn a new it wasn't just a means for Evelyn to have a new ability it was a means to tell a new little short story yeah yeah the um I think I, I don't know how to describe when she's like a movie star yes and her husband is like yes you know, comes back later as a successful businessman. They they, they don't end up. They, and, and this is like this sliding doors multiverse thing where Evelyn does Evelyn doesn't end up immigrating. They they don't get married. They they don't stay together. She becomes, they just see each other yeah. again later in life. Yes, yeah. she's this famous movie star, and he's a super successful person as well. And yeah, a a lot of what the movie I think does with the multiverse um, is that kind of here's what could have been. Here's mm-hmm. if you had made this different decision, then this is the universe you'd be in. But anyways, go on that. But that was just, I think, my favorite part of the movie Me was too. that specific. Really? Yes. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Like that or that will more specifically that multiverse that they jump in. Yeah. And it uh, it, it just like is like classic noir yep. filmmaking. Yep. But one the look of of that verse but like the scene where they're outside and it's raining kind of and they're talking about life and what they could have been and i was like this is the this is the heart and the the real soul of the movie for me you know and it's it, it's just in one of these side multiverses yes. it's not even in the like like the big like climax with uh, her and her daughter like yeah. coming to terms and and like you know able to express yeah. themselves and love each other um, did not hit as hard as that conversation in that. I like, totally, rainy I totally alley. agree with you. The, that is so wild. That is my favorite part of the movie, and it is for the reasons you just described. Because I do think it is where they are most in tune emotionally, and yeah. and it is, and I don't know if it's just me. I'm more. I was 
I was always more interested in the Waymond Evelyn dynamics than the Evelyn Joy dynamic. Mm. Um, and so, well, it's funny because, like, they set it up like she's just got so much going on, and she does. Yes, being audited, business failing, trying to impress her father who's staying with them, uh, her disconnected from her daughter, on the edge of divorce. A lot is going on. But it feels like when they make Joy the center conflict, yeah, to to that needs to be resolved. Um, but they they gave way more fodder in the beginning for yes. the husband wife and the divorce papers and the, yeah uh, yes I agree so that's why that that particular of the multiverse I I was so like keyed in because to me yeah. that was the that was the 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 narrative response to the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah the other totally. reason i loved it so much was that is undoubtedly their them doing a Wong Kar Wai movie Wong Kar Wai is this great chinese hong kong director he did in the mood for love i was and, gonna say it, yeah. it looks like in the mood for love have you seen it in the mood for love no, no, but I know but it you looks know like that. It. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that alley, that alley and they went with the green edit as opposed to the red edit. Yes, that alleyway sequence where they're smoking and the the framing of them oh. almost not facing each other. That is never like shot for shot the one of the most beautiful sequences in in, in the mood for love. But then you have. Can these I tell other- you? As I was watching it, I was like. Move for Love is next. <laughs> That's how much I'm loving this. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there is this, there are shots, like, kind of wider shots, and you see, like, motorcycles and cars moving past, and they shoot it in this kind of choppy way. Did you, you did you kind of notice oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's like slow-mo before they could have the yes. frame rate to shoot slow-mo. Exactly. And that's not in the mood for love. That's Chungking Express another one car Y movie he does it up and down that movie oh my gosh and it's so like, it's like these guys are cinephiles that's that is my point thank you thank you <laughs> screw you guys you don't play video games you watch movies i'm like i'm like the the people that take 15 20 minutes of their insane movie to stitch together this kind of beautiful one car Y homage in right. like and not not i don't think it is just homage for the sake of it because it's the heart of the movie like that's so much like they use it for the emotional center and to get the details right i'm like no you guys are so like it's okay to to be about this and just talk about it like that and just well we like to play video games (laughs) you're just pissed off (laughs) yeah it's so good and like part of me is interested in just just that multiverse like bouncing between like what that would be like if it was just the one where they don't get together and are wildly successful in their own tangents and then they come together and and that is reflected or like ping pong back and forth with yeah the actual reality where they are together but they're not successful because when he says you know just for the record I would have been plenty happy just doing laundry and taxes with you. Ugh. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's life. Man. I, know. I know. I would have taken that over all this like BS success, quote unquote, and yeah. like fame that we've both accrued. Yeah. You know, I know. Like, I love that that's, line. That's the heart. That's I the heartstrings. Oh my gosh. 
it's yeah and that's what for me like uh, the emotional pull of the movie why it was so effective of just that phrasing i'm like yeah it you know, you know i just had a funny moment where i was like this is tree of life for adhd gen xers yeah yeah the, you know absolutely and and in in some ways like i think about the last 25 minutes of tree of life and that's like a weird trip in unto itself yeah, Tree of Life is a multiverse, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, and then there's the, the, the interlude in the middle with the creation of the universe. Like, it's... Oh, <laughs> a, a hot dog fingers, if you will. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, I, by the end of the movie, and again, the joy in Evelyn stuff was just never the thing that I ever, I, I just wasn't as invested in it as I was some of these other things. Mm-hmm. And, and to be totally honest, at the end when she's sitting outside of the laundromat with the Jamie Lee Curtis auditor, and they're like, eh, and they're smoking. They're, oh yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> and like they have that cathartic. <laughs> Jamie Lee's got a jewel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's really great. God, what a character. <laughs> and they have that cathartic moment, uh, and and like talking about you know their marriages and and Mm -hmm. evelyn's kind of just realization like she's gone through this journey of family is hard family is boring family is important family is everything right and all and then the the stuff with women all of that to me was so much more what i was interested in than the joy evelyn stuff and i don't know if they just used the daughter relationship to get evelyn there in general um but yeah I love at the end when she's learning to fight by just making people have a good moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like this, fixing a guy's back. And yeah. He's just like melting it, like how excited he is for life. And I'm like, this is literally me going to a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just need this one little sliver of a thing. And maybe maybe things will work out. Oh, man. You know. But then that is the advice that comes from Waymond of like, we don't, stop mm. fighting, stop fighting. We can just be kind to each other. And, yeah. and it's, I, I, I love the, uh, you know, external expression of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I think often, you know, you see that in, in movies or stories or whatever of like, oh, we just got to love each other and be kind. But it, it's, it's often just like kind of stops there. Of, right. Right. love each other okay well what does that mean and you know this movie i don't give does not give us a helpful answer for us to follow in its example <laughs> uh yeah but when they set up the idea of you know obviously every tiny it's like the butterfly effect every tiny possible choice you make branches off into a million different universes where if a different choice was made um, but the overall thesis being like acts of kindness or orienting yourself towards love branches off into more love. Yes. Like the, the way they set that up at the beginning and, yeah. and then you're kind of chewing on those ideas yeah. of like, oh, if she responds just in this slightly different way, yeah, things just get slightly better, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, it's a way to frame that, that like encouragement of be kind of like, Maybe this pushes the world in a good direction. It honestly reminded me, did you see David Lynch's response to the conflict in Ukraine? No, I didn't. 
Um, so he's on YouTube every single day, and every single day he posts uh, the weather report for Los Angeles. He does that, and he's like, "Okay, if you can believe it, it's a Friday once again. <laughs> Clear skies, sunny, seventy-five degrees." He does the weather report every single day, um, and he also posts the say, number of the day. <laughs> can, can I say? National I, treasure. I agree. I, I, I don't connect with the wavelength of David Lynch movies in the way that you do. <laughs> right. But the the human project that is David Lynch is an extraordinary <laughs> thing to behold. <laughs> it's amazing. And he also does the number of the day every day. And he just picks a number. <laughs> oh, my god! I don't know if it's 1 through 10 or what, or maybe 1 through 100, but he'll just, he's got a, like a jar and he shakes it. And he's like, today's number is... Nine. <laughs> he does it every day, but um, like, like a day but, or but two. But we are after, getting a secret uh, David Lynch movie coming out soon. We, we are not. He 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 on his YouTube channel for one of those days was like, and I do not have a film in the Cannes <gasps> Film oh, Festival. Oh no! Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh! That was just a that was an internet rumor. <laughs> he was like, oh my "Not gosh. a thing." <laughs> oh no! Which I'm very sad about. Very very it's sad. It's gonna about. have Laura Dern in it and everything. I know. God, me and Tara are gonna be him and Laura Dern for Halloween next year. Oh my gosh! Um, but the reason I bring him up is, uh, I think a couple days or a week after um, Ukraine was invaded. He go. He posts this thing. So he says, along with his weather report, if I could say something to Mr. President Putin, and you know he's saying it in his David Lynch cartoon, like, yeah. And if I could say something, you know, yeah. we are as human beings charged as to how we treat our fellow man, and there is a law of nature, a hard and fast law. There's no loopholes. There's no escaping it. And this law is, what you sow, you shall reap. And right now, Mr. Putin, you are sowing death and destruction, and it's all on you. Mm. And he, you know, goes yeah. on. Uh, Ukraine's an attacking country, UN attacked, and all this death and destruction is going to come back and visit you. And um, I think he might says a little bit more, but like a big, big thing with him, and even like his push for people to try meditation, yeah, is this concern, this global concern for the planet of trying to move it a degree towards peace, yeah. towards understanding, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I saw a thing on Twitter. It was like it was like an article showing Elon buying Twitter for X amount of money. Yeah. And then it was sliced together with uh, David Lynch, like, giving $500 million to a foundation to, like, oh, wow. make meditation, like, like, um, like free the like teaching how like college yeah, students how yeah, to do yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and his whole thing is like if people could just meditate and like get it, yeah. get in touch with themselves and peace and love and tr- like it'll inch the world towards avoiding, you know, the death and destruction that's looming, you know. But like it feels like a big part of his philosophy is like just these incremental choices, and he um directed Blue Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. My guy. <laughs> uh, I read his like 500 page autobiography, 
yeah. which is like manic. Like half the chapters are him writing, and half the chapters are like I think his daughter or someone else. Like okay. okay, but here's what happened, and he's like, I don't remember that, but you know, <laughs> okay. And, but it's like very consistently throughout it, it's like everyone it just says this guy is the best guy. Wow, like the hardest worker, but also like the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yeah. The, does what he preaches yeah. about kindness and, you know, yeah. truly concerned for the state of the world and, yeah. regard, and its orientation towards love. Yeah. So wow. we, we stand David Lynch, <laughs> yeah, despite David the Lynch. madness that he creates. He Literally, he's like an old timey cartoon character who's like, love each other. And then he makes like <laughs> some of the most horrific things that's ever been put on film. Uh, but anyway, but back to our movie at is, the end. Like that, that was the stuff that was the most interesting to me to be able to consider and reflect on because that, and that ultimately is even at the heart of the father or the, the, the mother daughter relationship, right? When they're, when they're in the multiverse where they're just two rocks Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't remember what the line is, but it's like, if, if everything is meaningless, why not just be kind? Mm -hmm. You know, it's something like that. And yeah. Um, And, and right, that like stems from like this weird tension even in their relationship in the original universe where Joy says, I think to her girlfriend, like my mom's way of showing affection is belittling you, right? Mm. And, and there's that scene where Can't Joy, yeah. <laughs> where Joy is walking out of the laundromat and they've just gotten into a fight and like you can see Evelyn is feeling like she's losing her daughter and her response is then to call her daughter fat because she does not know how to connect with her in a kind or loving way. Right. Most parents Uh, subscribe to this in one, in one way or another. (laughs) Truly most people I should say. No, I, I, yeah, It, it might not be direct insults, but it's, I don't know how to foster this connection. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know how to respond to, like, genuine, well, I think genuine anything, but, like, a, a compliment. Right. Well, I, I was thinking about with this movie, too, of, like, the, like, thesis being be kind is, like, yeah. very easy to patronize. Yeah. Or yes. kind of, like, look down as being adolescent or, I don't know. How, how, did, you, how did that message land for you? Because I, I feel like it, I feel like in most contexts it wouldn't land for me, but they snuck it in and it was effective. Yeah, it was totally effective to me. I, you know, it's like a thing I believe in, but it's not something that's easy to champion in a movie without it being a cheese ball. I've actually been thinking about this lately, last month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is I'm I'm coming into a new work environment and a new work culture. Mm-hmm. Which I've you know I've only been there a couple of weeks, but I have found it to be entirely sincere, entirely encouraging, mm-hmm. and like very uplifting. Uh, very odd, and it has been almost kind of this odd shock to my system of oh this isn't really what I'm used to, right. um, and I've often been the person in the room that is. The people don't know what to do with because I don't. I'm not that sarcastic, 
Mm. I, I don't, I don't kind of, that's not my humor. I think it, it was probably 10 years ago. Um, but I've been the odd person in the room where I'm, I'm just kind of not serious, but sincere and earnest. Right. And people don't know, really know what to do with me. And I, I don't really join in on the like, kind of just, Hey, let's just, you know, dig on someone for a couple minutes and that's how we're going to connect. Right. Um, I find that to be pretty actually unhealthy. Um, but you know, those are their cultures. They're like, you know, communities where that's the culture is we, we just, we just kind of, we just kind of, you know, sarcastically make fun of each other for 20 minutes at the beginning of a meeting or whatever. Um, and it's very, if you're in it, then it's hard to see outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Waymond character to me was so that just sincere, earnest person. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's almost why it worked so well to me because, because it comes from him often. And, and the, the, well, stop fighting. We can be kind, right? That comes from him. Mm-hmm. And, they put in the work and the casting and the writing and everything, the performance of like, this is, this is totally just this guy. Uh, right. It, it, I think in a lot of movies it doesn't work because characters aren't that kind and nice. <laughs> right. And then they try and say right. like, let's be kind and nice. Um, right. But there's, there's such a consistency in the characterization. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're re- rewatching community right now. Yeah. And community is so good at having that sarcasm and just like meta, like yeah. almost nihilism. Yeah. And then right at the end, they pull out the heartstrings and like somehow make it an emotion filled, like, hey, like my community, my friends yeah. that are in my life are so important to me and yeah. I love them so much. Yeah. And that's what so impresses me and why I come back to that show yeah. is they walk that balance. Yeah. So few things, whether it be movies or TV shows, are able to do that well. Yeah. I think of that Shirley character. I love Shirley. Shirley's so <laughs> funny. Hello. <laughs> but in, in like a lot of ways, <laughs> like I oddly like relate to that character because mm-hmm. she is earnestness right that's that's her she is sincerity um and and is so often i'll make your ass oh my god (laughs) my favorite real quick shirley moment is uh abed's making a movie and it's all meta and like you hear a, a guy being like i hear the deleted scenes are the scenes, and the scenes are the deleted scenes. And then Shirley goes, yeah, well, I heard Jesus died for our sins. <laughs> <laughs> and those are such funny lines sitting next to each other. <laughs> yeah, you know what I heard? <laughs> you tweeted that the other day, and I didn't know what it was from. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been live tweeting. Just one line from each community episode that I watch. And I think people are very confused. <laughs> Goodbye weekends. Goodbye sitting in a Starbucks waiting for a certain Persian barista to notice. Ask me about my novel. <laughs> oh 
my gosh. Oh. Yeah, it's funny. I I did one. It was like I did eat all the macaroni. It just messed up that he knows. <laughs> and I think Matt thought that I was talking about Abel. <laughs> Abel somehow knew that I ate all the macaroni. Anyway. Oh my gosh. But yeah, uh, surely. Isn't Dean Pelton just so great? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh, Megan hates the Dean, and I just really I start cackling every time he's on screen. <laughs> I adore him. We had to pause this. We were like, should we watch one more episode? And then it was like, no, it's the Heart of Darkness one. Oh, where yeah. The Dean becomes yeah. like the crazy. I'm like, we got to save this when we're more awake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you were saying something about Shirley. The earnestness, no, the genuine. I, I, like surely is a similar like to a Wayman character, and yes. I like I like characters like that and the way that both of them are written because there's a consistency to that, right? Yes. I, I I just think I think when a movie wants to then like at the end have a nice message and like pour on this saccharine you know sweetness, it's it's just it feels disingenuous, and mm. and and so to me. I think why it works is because of that character and and communities actually has a number of them because I think Abed is a very similarly like because everything is face value you know with him so there's an yeah. earnestness to him and, and Annie in a lot of ways is that too um, yeah. and it's balanced by like the nihilism of Britta 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 and Jeff Britta and Jeff and the racism of peers yeah (laughs) and Troy yeah it's like Abed Troy Shirley and uh, Annie Annie have this like sweetness to them yeah (laughs) and the reason we're talking about community is because it's a multiverse episode so we're allowed to hop into other (laughs) shows and movies and y'all can just they had their own multiverse episode I was going to bring up Remedial Chaos Theory, yes. which we just watched the other night. Yes. And Jeff is rolling a die to decide who goes picks up the pizza. And he's like creating six different timelines. Yep. And if you notice, the those characters, when they're gone, when they're the ones that have to leave the group, are the ones where it gets really dark in the yep. group. Yep. But when Jeff leaves, or Britta, or whatever, or Pierce, it's like, yeah, you know, it wasn't that bad with them gone. Everyone's like stoked. Like, Jeff comes back to a dance party. It's like, oh, oh that's what happens when this funny? attitude leaves the room. Yeah. That, like, that, when Troy that. leaves, that's when it's the darkest timeline. Yes. And Troy arguably is the most, like, starry-eyed. Uh, the na- most naive. Know, naive, but hopeful and yeah. and, and kind character. Yeah. yeah. Like, because a lot of Shirley stuff is, like, wrapped up in, you know, religious sure. guilt and sure. you know, whatever. Yeah. So, tr- yeah, Troy has this, like, child-like innocence. And so when he leaves, it, like, Jeff loses an arm. Pierce <laughs> yeah. dies. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. It's a great, Go watch great show. Man, I'd watch Community. I've been I've been really so thinking good. about taking a break from movies to uh, rewatch Frasier and like Community and the Sarah West said she she's buying Frasier for me for Father's Day this year on DVD because oh it's gosh. on Hulu and even when you pay for Hulu you get ads so <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, this movie is just hard to wrap up even because I feel like having only seen it once, I don't know. Like I, I, I really do want to see it again to have a more informed take. 
but overall, okay. I really, really enjoyed it. Can, can we m- move to segments and because I, I think kind of cap things off? Yeah, because I think I think talking about my letterboxd review is it would be a good mm-hmm. way to like kind of cap things off. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, cue the music. And I don't think we're either of us are drinking any. I had, I had, I uh, broke out the soda stream tonight. Dang, I already finished. I did too, but mine was long gone. Uh, I don't want to get up. So we start with. This is, excuse me, a damn fine couple segments. The letterbox for you. No, we start with favorite shots. Right? Yeah, we start with favorite shots. Do you have a favorite shot? There's so many. <laughs> Yeah, I don't um, like. I I'm not sure how to answer that. I will tell you a shot that uh, I'll give you two that were distinct to me. So, okay. one I guess in, it's a, just a general uh, half the shots in the alleyway and that one multiverse when she's a movie star. Yeah, same, <laughs> yeah. same. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, this could be my favorite shot right here. Yeah, it's uh, such a freaking mood. Yeah, it's it is amazing, amazing. And then the other one is it's just this close up of. Evelyn's face and it starts to just flash through like dozens of we literally have the same favorite oh, shots oh yeah <laughs> great great that makes it easy <laughs> that'll save some time yeah it's like flipping through all the multiverses and and most of which they you don't see anything more than that couple of frames which man the amount of work yeah yeah it's it's stunning yeah. the amount of work that went into this I think what I what I appreciate about that shot and what they're trying to do, I, I, I did hear them say this in an interview where they uh, wanted to make a multiverse movie that actually felt like it. You know, mm, right, yeah. the new Spider-Man was a multiverse movie because there's three Spider-Men, but Ooh. that's just <laughs> like three. It's just three universes, right? right. There, there's presumably, you know, an infinite amount that could have been breaking through. Right. And There's no hot dog fingers. There's no space odyssey. Yeah. This is how humans got hot dogs for fingers instead yes. of normal hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. We don't watch and, movies. Yes. <laughs> and and I think I know, right? Uh, it's it's oh my gosh, you're right. It is it's it's <laughs> literally the two thousand one stuff. Um <laughs> They're insane. I know. But you know, and I think uh, Into the Spider Verse. Did you see Into the Spider Verse? No. No. It does it better because, like, there's Peter Porker, the spider pig, and mm. film noir spider Oh, wait. No, yeah, yeah. The yeah, cartoon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. That yeah. was good. Yeah. So I think it does the the multiverse stuff a, a lot better because it's it, it gets into, like, the extremity of it, like film noir. Yeah. It definitely does it better. Yeah. Um, but, the like, the Marvel, you know, of what I expect from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is, like, we're probably going to have two or three multiverses, maybe. Like, and what they set out to do is make this feel like it's an actual multiverse. And I, I think they actually did accomplish that. Um, oh, yeah. Partly because of shots like that and the way that they are able to visually express that. But partly because the the universes that they choose to focus on in some ways there's like the movie star one that we've talked a lot about is like that's that's a really important one yeah but then they give a ton of time to rack rack and hot dog fingers like right those are insane ones (laughs) i know i know (laughs) there's some scenes in this that we're not even gonna try to talk about (laughs) nope (laughs) um 
I, I also like it. It's a similar shot with her just staring at the camera, but instead of different multiverses, it's just like a light that is being yeah. rotated, and then it's like goes to the husband who also has light rotating on his face. But it's just such a cool technique and like moment that you, know, you just don't really get to see someone experimenting yeah. with lighting like that. Yeah. Just because like th- that's an experiment. That's not like, all right, let's get the lighting right for this scene. Yeah. You know, it it looks like fo- like a f- photography studio like trying to yeah like hyperlapsed yeah um, so that was the, a bunch of just a bunch of cool moments yeah yeah I mean, yeah let's uh, it, to me just I'd love to see the movie again and have another five favorite shots right yeah um, letterbox review uh, yeah I gave this four and a half stars and we should say about the letterbox thing this is currently the number one rated movie on Letterboxd. Which is wild. Which is crazy. Uh, is it the best movie ever made? You're asking me. No. Yeah. No. Of course not. <laughs> um, I am fascinated by the universal acclaim of this movie. I know. 4.6 is crazy. Average. Crazy. And it's, and it's not just like, okay, everybody likes the movie. It's everyone loves it. The, right. the bar graph of star ratings i mean just the the sheer number of five stars compared to everything else is crazy that's um, insane yeah so uh, there's there's been a huge response i gave it four and a half stars i want to watch it again and see how that changes yeah um and because there are parts of the movie that i felt like Okay, I'm just trying to figure out what's happening, and mm-hmm. and I never felt lost. I would say because I definitely resigned myself to just like movie do whatever you're gonna do kind of a thing. Right, right. Um, but there were parts of it that I, I don't know. What was yours? I, I, I let me uh, think. Mine, mine was four for most of it until that um alleyway scene actually. Oh yeah, I know. Cause I I. It was a similar, not nearly as bad, um, but a similar like tenant thing where I felt like the first half I was still trying to just like figure out the logistics of how this is working. Um, I mean, it's kind yeah. of confusing, and there was even parts like towards the end where I'm like, "Wait, so <laughs> which yeah. one's like the main universe we're hanging out yeah. in?" I can't really yeah. tell. Um, so that feeling is not fun to always have on the back burner when you're trying to just enjoy a movie of like do yeah. I get this you know yeah um so that's why it was a four for me for the most part and then pulling in the emotional connection at the end with um yeah that alleyway alleyway scene and kind of the thesis of the movie for my money I'd rather do taxes and yeah I know it's uh, an incredible laundry line. with you than be famous or wealthy it's like yeah that's that's the juice of life right there yeah um, that kind of won me over for the four and a half. But I also might be playing into some of the hype with this movie right now where just everyone's freaking out over it. Yeah, I think I think to me the stuff that doesn't work is like, I, I don't want to say it's not the goof, it's the goofy stuff because like Rakakui really, I like whatever, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's an everything bagel. That's her evil plot. Everything bagel is probably my least favorite part. Yeah. But like it was kind of funny the first part, but every time it goes back to it, it gets less funny. Yeah, and I actually yeah. 
like I never found it to be that funny. I was like, well, what are we doing? You know? Well, when, when she was describing it, she's like Sesame, you know, and then showing Sesame. And then yeah. it's like, you know, she's that like there was interesting editing going on. And yeah. like her acting choices were interesting to me, too. Yeah. I'm like, what is this character? Like, I think the Joy character, whoever the actress is, like, is is really, really good. Really great. She's great. She's um, really good. And so there was just, like, unusual movie making happening during that part. Sure. Um, that was really entertaining. But then, they, yeah, every time they go back to it, I'm, I'm just getting, like, uh, it's kind of a cringy joke. Yeah. it. That's, that's what it felt like to me. Something, like, from, like, a Spaceballs or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, like... Oh, it's and and the movie is never like so self serious that you couldn't have like goofy stuff in it. Obviously, but yeah, it just felt to me like uh, I I I don't know. And so that that kind of stuff held it back for me. But I'm just I think I'm on a different wavelength when it comes to that. Yeah, for that's sure. fine. Because I, yeah. I I think the degree of difficulty that this movie has is so high, and I think in almost every way, really lands. Yeah, it's funny. Like, a joke like the bagel doesn't land that well for me, but the third eye being a googly eye for oh, some yeah. reason, like, oh, I yeah. just adore. Yeah. You know? And, and the fact that Letterbox is now, like, coded know, a googly eye for watched or reviewed. I'm like, they um, love this movie, too. <laughs> yeah. It's so but, fun. But, you know, it's the googly eye thing is, like, Wayman's cutesy, funny thing of putting googly eyes on. Right. There's a stuff. connection. And so there's, like, this, there's a heart piece to that where the yeah. everything bagel, I'm like, uh, I, I actually did like the scene where Wayman is really enjoying cream cheese because in his universe there are no cows. Right. He's, like, just chugging half and half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Basically, Wayman's the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we can yeah speaking of that's my letterbox review uh i gave it four and a half as well and my review was basically i we owned that polo shirt basically that's hilarious a, a very similar one yeah you yeah. had it first yeah i know as a hand-me-down i think from dad and then i took it and i thought i looked great in it and if that's not proof of the multiverse connections movie wise here that i owned the the wayman polo uh, I don't know what is, frankly. What do we got? Um, Unsung Hero? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Lee I Curtis can't. is too big a part of this to be an unsung hero because she's just amazing. <laughs> she's truly the star of this film. <laughs> she does uh, so much. I'm trying to think, do I have an unsung hero? Um, yeah, c- could be Rakakui. Rakakui. <laughs> You love that. You've brought it I, up many times. I loved it. I, I, I loved it because I hated it for so much in the movie, and then it just, like, moved. It won me over. It won me over, and I'm like, whatever. Let's just do this. Oh, you know, Unsung Hero, really, um, uh, the fanny pack. Gotta be. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll just hop on with the, the fanny pack as well and mm-hmm. the, the raccoon. But I gotta tell you, when Michelle Yeoh gets to swish a little uh, stepping... Uh, stepping stool across the laundromat with her foot in like this very kung fu mo- I was just You're like, like, right. Whoa. like like chills chills I know because uh, she's yeah. so good um what else we got alright well I don't know why I forget the segments all the time now is the last one what else we're watching we started doing a, if you like this then you should go check out yeah for you sure have I one. mean uh, for me it would be for you you should go watch In the Mood for Love yeah 100%. I, 
I, I know. That's one of those movies I know I'm going to love. I know. You know. But, uh, yeah, weirdly enough, I kept thinking about Tree of Life. Like, if you're an old person who this was, like, too insane for you, go watch Tree of Life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a knock on old people at all. I love old people. But if this was too much for you and this was too, like, Gen Z aesthetic, because uh, they're on to similar things. And I love both movies, so... There you go. But probably more of uh, Michelle Yeoh's work. I mean, my God, give credit where credit is due. Absolute legend. I know I'm going to watch In the Mood for Love and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. In the next two weeks. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yep, those those two were both top of mind for me. Um, so I'll go check it out. All right, last one. What else are we watching? You want to kick us off? Oh, I'm going to give you two. Okay, hit me. Um, I, I don't know. I've been feeling a little uh, rudderless when it comes to what to watch recently. Mm. Um, so I've been watching a lot of older stuff. Um, I watched Casablanca. Rewatched that. You know what? <laughs> really good. You know what I'll say about that movie? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> uh, can I tell you? Can I tell you what I loved about it? It's a classic <laughs> masterpiece, you know, great movie. It's uh, one hour and 42 minutes. Uh, it's a rare, just... A rare gift. It's really perfect. Uh, and then I watched, for the very first time, All About Eve, um, 1950. Uh, and Betty Davis is the star, and she's amazing. And mm. it's it, just some of the, like, the best screenwriting um, it's like it's occupies a similar space to have you seen His Girl Friday? Yes. Yeah, that like that script is it perfect. It sounds like the same movie. All about Eve, His Girl Friday. It is very different plot. Similar of, too. I mean, yeah, very, very different plot, totally different story. Uh, I need to watch it. I love this poster. That oh yeah. Right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it arrows. has God. this Yes. Um, but the the script is just so sharp and so great, and it's this really really rare movie where um, I think it had four or five of the actors were nominated for Academy Awards for this movie. Uh, wow. Like it just got uh, oh, and you know who's in it? Thelma Ritter, okay, and she played uh, Stella on Rear Window, the nurse. Oh. Uh, but it's got this, it's it's 1950, but it's got this very great kind of frame structure, and there's a Need moment, to see this. there's a moment early, there's this like freeze frame moment where early in the movie, the, the free, movie has this freeze frame, and then the narration continues, and it feels like a Scorsese movie, but it done, you know, 25 years before Scorsese would ever do that in a movie, yeah. and, and it's like, oh, that didn't start in Goodfellas, right? Right. You know, they, 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 I don't He's know. He's a hack. <laughs> no, I, I think Scorsese's <laughs> awesome, obviously. But um, it's this reminder that just because something is from a certain year, that mm-hmm. it's not, there isn't still this fresh feeling and, and creative movie making behind it. I. I saw this quote from a guy who just wrote a book. He's like a pop culture writer. He wrote a book all about movies. And he was mm. interviewed of like, hey, you don't really talk about movies before the 80s. And he's like, yeah, I don't like old movies. I just don't really get them. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't, how, how can, I couldn't imagine being someone who 
would spend so much of their life writing a book all about movies and just doesn't like older anything before the 80s. They're old. <laughs> like, what? Sarah and I decided we need to watch a Turner Classic movie basically every two weeks to regulate our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and our movie palette. So That's what I, I try uh, to do. Some criteria, some criteria in our TCM like once every other week. Yeah, you need it. Just to regulate. Adding that to the watch list. Is that playing anywhere? All About Eve? Yeah. It's on, oh man, it was on Criterion, and it's not. <laughs> Sorry. If that's not every time I've ever wanted to watch a movie. Oh, yesterday it was there. <laughs> then they heard that I wanted to watch it. <laughs> it's like, quick, get it off. They're talking about it. <laughs> that is so weird. I just watched it. Oh. Oh, it says it's on Hulu. Oh, great. Dude, Hulu is the worst. Because <laughs> um, Hulu's always like, is it? Is it on Hulu? <laughs> do, do, do we have it? We might. It's like, mm, are you going to add Showtime or Stars or? Oh, yeah. You got to watch with live TV. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's not there. Have fun paying $3. <laughs> Well, dude, all about Eve what is... do these streaming services? <laughs> do they show anything? <laughs> this movie from 1950. <laughs> like, I watched this movie two sorry. weeks ago on Criterion. It's not there anymore. Sorry. Um, I would say it's definitely worth the 3.99 rental. It's very good. Betty Davis has Uma Thurman vibes. Betty Davis is ex- uh, just amazing. Um, that is so weird that it's not on there because they like promote it too as like a big like Criterion edition. What else right, you've been well, watching? Um, I watched Barry Lyndon for the first time. Oh, is it great? It's great. It's it's very strange because it it has the vibe of like the Princess Bride, but it's it's not like making fun of itself or like you know, breaking the fourth wall or whatever, but you keep oh, thinking yeah. it's going to because yeah. it has, like, that narrator and, like, that music, you know? Or yeah. it almost, like, feels... Uh, uh, it almost feels like Monty Python. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, in the Holy Grail, like, you know... Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know, but it's it's fantastic. I, we, we watched it in two settings because it's really long, but... Yeah. Um, it's freaking gorgeous movie. Yeah. C- Kubrick, obviously, master, but this was his like goal of trying to do all natural lighting yeah for most of the movie yeah um so really really good been on i i had it on criterion i don't know why i bought it on criterion but i just felt like i would like it and then um i've watched a few things but the most significant was probably the elephant man watched that for the first time oh yeah did you like it i'm on my david lynch Uh, yeah uh yeah it was great I feel like that one too. See, movies you gotta watch in one sitting because that one too we watched in two sittings. We've just been so tired lately at night. Yeah, and uh, I think it suffered for that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, like I, I think the emotional beats just get off when you do that. I know, I know. It, it's so hard because I right? gave it four stars, and I feel like if I watch it again, energized in one sure. sitting, I might, I might bump it. But I don't know. I. I mean, I, I'm with you, but I'm also not a purist about this stuff. It's it's like, do what you can it's to watch It's hard to say. Movie. So um, much of it is so contextual. 
of like how are yeah. you doing when you watched it you know yeah yeah did you watch it in a good mood with friends and like emotionally mentally you're doing okay like I watched a rewatched Taxi Driver last week and I did it I had to do it over two it's not a super long movie but I did it over two nights mm-hmm. and I'm really glad I did because I wouldn't have enjoyed it if I had like tried to stay awake and finish it I mm-hmm. would have just been like really annoyed and yeah. and the second half is so crazy um, right and and I was like very awake that second night when I watched the rest of the movie and I felt great and it really it clicked with me yeah and partly because the first half is so dark too like grimy I, I don't yeah. know it was a very interesting experience of like splitting that over two nights so you know whatever movies watch movies it doesn't matter yeah yeah and this is Lynch's definitely most traditional narrative oh interesting and like editing structure yeah. Like it's it's definitely just like a um not not yeah, like best picture Oscar stuff. But it's funny some of the more like there's a couple Lynch moments where I'm like this is my favorite part. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't quit his weirdness. Um oh, that's so but anyway, funny. Elephant Man, very good. Highly recommend. And I started the Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max. Yeah. Is it good? <laughs> and I loved it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. That's our episode. That's our episode. Everything, everywhere, all at once. But, uh, yeah, that's all we got for the multiverse. I definitely recommend this over the multiverse of madness, which I did not see. But it's I'm not com- out yet. <laughs> I'm co- okay, there you go. I'm confident. Much like if you can only choose one <laughs> uh, Ben and Cumberbatch movie to watch. <laughs> Power of the Dog. Or multiverse, go with Power of the Dog. If you can only choose one multiverse, everything everywhere. I agree. Follow us on Instagram in this universe. Follow us on Instagram. And all of them. At Movies While They Sleep. Leave us a rating and review. Get this podcast heard. Last thing I want to bring up before we jump off here. We had a very thoughtful email come in from a listener about our episode of Power of the Dog. Oh, we did? Yes. Jim Dillon, who, uh, I don't know if you, do you know Jim? No. Okay, so shout out Jim Dillon. He he wrote us a thesis paper of his analysis of that movie and maybe some of the things we missed. He he, he loved the episode. He, he agreed with everything we were saying, but he also threw in some really thoughtful um, uh, observations. So. Uh, oh, wow. I had no idea. This, this yeah. is great. Yeah, that so, shows you how much I check our email, <laughs> right? So hey, just shout out Jim. We love hearing your guys's takes, and it just That's like, awesome. Part of why we do this is like literally this podcast has just even got me and Sarah talking about movies more, or me yeah. and, and my close friends, yeah, who like, hey, I heard you guys talk about this. Like, this is what yeah. I thought, and I, I just really value those conversations. Yep. And so, when to have a listener write in. And, and engage with that with us is really cool. So thank you, thank you, Jim, for the thoughtful thoughtful writings. Seriously. And we would love more of it. We want more of it. Um, trying to figure out a better way we could talk uh, to people. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to – got to read this thing from Jim. This is awesome. I'm just pulling this up now. All right, Jim, you're awesome. I'm going to read it. 
Heck yeah. So had had to bring that up. Had to, had to shout him out. And um, other than that, we'll uh, hopefully see you next week. Maybe two weeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh man, we might we might next week, or it just might be the next episode. Have a fun announcement for a special guest. Yeah. But we're still planning that out. I think it's gonna happen though. I think it's gonna happen, but we can't say quite yet. Thanks for listening, sleepyheads, and uh, good night, y'all. Bye. You should can could could you edit this episode?